they're placed in the congregation. If you'll take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter number 3. Matthew chapter number 3, we're going to read two or three verses in chapter 3. Go into chapter 4, and we're going to preach a few thoughts this morning. It dawned on me why Satan's fighting so hard this morning. It's because we're going to talk about him. He don't ever want to, he don't want us to ever talk about getting victory over him because he wants us to live in defeat. But thank God, greater is he that's on the inside than he that's in the world. Amen. Matthew chapter number 3, and if you'll find verse number 13, we'll begin here in just a moment. Uh, while they're finding their place, just take your Bible, turn over there with us. If you don't have your Bible, we'll have it on the screen. Uh, we'll have it so you can see it there and just follow along with us. It's very important. It's very important that you have your Bible. Uh, we can't go to battle without our sword. And I, I want you to learn to get in a habit of carrying your Bible. Uh, have it with you. Have it with you. So you can follow along with us. So you can not only hear it, but you can see it. And you can use more of, of your senses. And it will help you to remember what is being said. So with that being said, Matthew chapter number 3 and verse number 13. If you're there, say amen. The Bible says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, uh, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward a hungered. And when the tempter came, say that with me, and say it again. It's not a matter if, if he will come, it's when he comes. I promise you on the authority of God's word, he is coming your way. Whether you know it or not or believe it or not or want to think about it or not, the devil's going to come and he's going to bother you. He's going to try to do everything he can to discourage you, destroy you. The thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. It says, and when the tempter came, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made unto bread. The first thing that he wants you to do is doubt the love of God in your heart. He is saying here, if you're the Son of God, what are you doing hungry? If you're the Son of God, what is your Father causing you to be in such pain for? Man, I tell you what, when things come in our way, the first thing the devil will tell you, if God loved you, you wouldn't be going through this. What a lie. Oh, Jesus had something for him, though. But he answering said, it is written, say that with me, it is written, say it again. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up, and he's persistent, y'all. Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, if thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee. Don't forget, he knows a little scripture, too. And in their hand, but he never quotes it right. He never quotes it right. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. He didn't quote all the verse. But Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. 
Again, the devil taketh him into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou... Watch this. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Brother Kendrick, if you'll say a word of prayer and ask the Lord to anoint this message this morning. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. All right, you may be seated. The Bible says, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Verse number 9, whom resist steadfast in the faith. It says resist him. Resist him. And listen, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. James 4 verse 7 says this. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. First it says he's a roaring lion roaming about seeking whom he may devour. It says that he is our adversary. He is our enemy. He is one that comes against us. He's the accuser of the brethren. He is a destroyer. He is a devourer. He is a liar and the father of all these lies. And he's after you. He's after your homes. He's after your families. He's after your children. He's after your life. He's after your joy. He's after your peace. He's after your happiness. He'll steal all of that away. And he is not satisfied till he totally destroys your life. He hates you and me. He's real. He's not this fairy tale. He's not the figment of some preacher's imagination. He is not some something that some cartoonist has made up. He's not a little red being with horns and a forked uh, tail. Listen, that's not him. He is an angel of light. He is very deceptive. He was a very beautiful creature before he fell from heaven. And I'm telling you, he will not come at you like he think he. He's not going to come and introduce himself. Hey, I'm the devil. How are you doing? But he's out to destroy you. And you know what? He's destroying lives one after another. He's destroying families one after another. Listen, uh, we see that the devil's work is never done. It's always being seen. I'm seeing it over and over and over again. Man, I'm seeing it in my office when they come for counseling because of what the devil has done in their life and tears being shed and brokenness that's being found. And I'm telling you, it's time we start putting up a fight. We cannot give in. We cannot give up. It's time to put up a fight. It says resist the devil and he will flee from you. It's time to put the dukes up. Say amen. I want to preach just a few moments here this morning on the subject fighting to win. Say that with me. Fighting to win. There is no such thing as a fair fight. 
My dad, my dad, he's not here, is he? I can say stuff if he's not here. All right. I don't see him. Does anybody see dad? Anyway? Uncle Chuck, he's not here. All right. This is what he told us. And this is probably the same father speech that all the guys get. He said to me, he said, son, which was very hypocritical to me because he started fights. Amen. He come and he told me and my brother, he said, boy, don't you ever start a fight. But don't you ever run from one either. He said, I don't want you starting fights. I don't want you to be a bully. Don't you ever start a fight. But don't you run from one either. But then he says this. I'll never forget this. He says this. If you know that you're going to be in a fight, if you know you can't get out of it, if you're going to be in a fight, boy, you fight to win. There are no rules in fighting. You fight to win. In other words, we don't say, well, we got this rule. We won't do this. We won't. No, sir. You do whatever it takes to fight to win. You got to bite his ear off, bite his ear off. You poke his eye out, poke his eye out. Bless God, you fight to win. When it's all said and done, you're standing and he ain't. I need a witness. Now, if you don't think my dad didn't play by that rule, you ask my Uncle Chucky. And, and listen, you, he said he's coming to hurt you. He's coming to hurt you, and if you don't hurt him, he will hurt you. Now, I'm not endorsing fighting here this morning. I'm just saying what I was told when I was growing up. He said you fight to win. But you know what? That's the way we need to be with the devil. Too many of us are trying to fight fair. It's just no, no place to fight fair. We don't need to fight Satan fair. There's no such thing as that. We're getting our eyes beat out because we're going against the devil with our own willpower. And I'm telling you, there ain't a human being in this building whose willpower is great enough against the devil's temptation. Y'all with me this morning? How many of y'all want to win when you fight? Bless God, I want to win. Amen. And I don't want to, and see, I, I, I don't want to just win. I want to win big. Amen. I don't, want, I don't want to look like I came through a meat cleaver and had to say, but look at the other guy. Amen. I don't want nothing on my face. Say amen. I want to win. And we're going to have a fight this morning. All right. Andrew, will you help me this morning? Amen. You come on. Come on. We're going to fight this morning. This is our fighter. This is, this is, this is Johnny. Johnny uh, 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 on the spot. I mean, he's going through life. He's going through life. How many of y'all know Satan's going to come after you whether you're saved or lost? He's going to come after you. Now, this man, he, he's just, he, he don't know Jesus yet. He's just going through life, and he's going to have an adversary. He's going to have an adversary. Uh, Johnny, come on. This is the devil. And all God's people said, amen. All right. All right, we're going to have a fight. Now, let me ask y'all a question. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Does this look fair? All right, you ready? All right, you ready? You ain't even got your dukes up. Come on now, all right. Is he ready? No, he ain't ready. He's going to get his eyes beat out. All right, come on. Stand right here. All right, you're the devil, put your dukes up, all right, we ain't quite ready yet, we ain't get them dukes up, amen, all right, all right, now, now, what do we got to do, we're going to fight to win, when it's all said and done, he's going to win, I promise you, he's going to win, because we're not, we're not, we ain't starting to fight yet, we're going to, we're going to, I, I heard, I heard a, a U.S. Marine call into a radio show, uh, they were talking about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and people were complaining that, oh, the Israelis were bigger bullies because they had more guns and all this stuff. They ought not be shooting rockets in the city, by the way. But they were complaining that, well, it was overwhelmed. They shouldn't do that because it wasn't fair. 
and a U.S. Marine called in and said his sergeant told him, if you are in a fair fight, you did not prepare properly. How many of y'all would agree with that? If you know you're going to fight, you need to prepare to win. Amen. And we're going to fight to win. All right, here we go. What's the first thing we need to do then? He's going to fight the devil. What do we do? The Bible says this, that Jesus came and was baptized. This is a symbolic picture of the gospel of Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Listen, this is what we do after we are saved. After we are saved, then we are baptized into the church. We are baptized into the body of Christ. Now watch what happens. The Bible said after he come up out of the water, it says, And straightway, lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. So what is the first thing we need to do if we are in a fight? The first thing we have to do is accept salvation. Listen, before you ever are going to win in your battle, you got to get saved. you got to get saved. There's no special formula. There's no secret. you got to get saved because there's something that you receive when you get saved, and that's called the Holy Spirit. Now, now, now. It's starting to look a little better. All right. Listen, you need the Holy Spirit. You cannot fight the devil on your own. You cannot fight the devil with your own understanding. He is a supernatural being. He is a created being. He is a created angel. And I'm here to tell you, angels can, listen, human beings cannot stand the light against an angel. And if Michael the archangel, who was one of the greatest angels there are, if he would not even come against Satan but said, The Lord rebuked thee, who do we think we are? And the first thing that needs to happen, if we're going to get victory in our life, you've got to trust God. If you want victory over alcohol, you've got to get saved. If you want victory over drugs, you've got to get saved. If you want victory over depression, you've got to get saved. You've got to come to know the Lord because He's going to put something in you that you never had before. He's going to put an advocate in your life. He's going to put a comforter in your life. He's going to put a support in your life that you never had before. You'll have somebody sticking up for you. And when you get saved, it comes with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Let me read a verse. Let me read a verse. Y'all put the dukes up. Y'all ready? Amen. Nevertheless, John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come... He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. 1 John 2, 27. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you all things. What's that mean? You will no longer have to call the preacher to see if it's okay to do something. Because the Holy Spirit will be whispering in his ear. Son, this is what you need to do. Son, you don't need to do that. You don't need to go in there. You don't need to watch that. You don't need to listen to that. Son, you need to be careful. What's that? That comforter is teaching him everything he needs to know. Look, the Bible says, the Bible says in Galatians 5.16, watch this now, Galatians 5.16. Oh, this is so important. This I say then, walk in the, in other words, be submissive to what the Spirit is saying, do what it's telling you to do, and ye shall fulfill the lust of the flesh. So what do we need to do? We need to get saved. 
You say, is that, is that hard to do? Oh, no, no, no. It says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The hardest part, you know the hardest part about getting saved is realizing you need to. Getting lost is harder than getting saved. Getting lost is the hard part because most people think they're going through life and they're a pretty good person. They've never stole anything. They've never killed anybody. I'm a pretty good person. But the problem is you're still lost. You don't have Christ as your Savior yet. But you can before you leave. You can before you leave. You can trust Him. All you got to do, we're going to have people down at this altar, ladies and gentlemen, here in just a minute. And all you got to do is come and take them by the hand. And they'll sit at one of them front rows with you. And they'll show you in the Bible how the Bible clearly shows you how you can get saved. Because when you do that, you will have the Spirit's presence. He will be with you everywhere you go. He will be with you every step you take. Everywhere you go, whatever temptation you go, He will be with you. His presence will be there. Not only the Spirit's presence, but watch this, the Spirit's prompting. The Bible says right after the Spirit lit upon Him, in verse chapter 4, verse 1, it says, and the Spirit led Him into the wilderness. You're going to need somebody to give you some direction. How many of you, how many of you have ever gotten lost before? I could get lost in the closet. I ain't going to tell no lie. I've got, I, I've been coon hunting and got turned around and end up, I, I'm talking about, it's just a God's wonder, I'm here tonight that I didn't get turned around that, I mean it was bad. And they've got GPSs now that are wonderful and I'm going to buy one, say amen. And the worst thing about getting lost, especially with men, is they're too stubborn to ask directions and all the ladies said, I know where I'm going, I know where I'm going. I got turned around, we had a, we had a, uh, 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 a, a, a teacher's dinner one time at the, what's the restaurant out there by the lake? Uh, the Angler. The Angler restaurant. Well, we was coming back from Birmingham because we had to go do something there and we was going to uh, try. I said I knew a, a secret way. And and I come a back way through Good Hope there and, and I said, this is, this is a shortcut. I had no idea where I was at. And we just kept right on driving and driving. Tammy said, hey, you know where you're at? Oh, yeah, it's right over the next hill. It's right. And then we just kept on driving, riding. And she said, you don't know where you're at. And I said, yes, I do. I'm telling you. I'll tell you what. If it's not, and I'm honest to God, I didn't know where we was at. I said, if it's not over that next hill, we'll turn around and go back all the way around. God is my witness. God supernaturally took us from wherever we was and transported us like Star Trek. Because as soon as we come over that hill, we went right into the parking lot of the Angler restaurant. God is good. Say amen. Now, do you think I admitted I was lost? I looked at her. See, if you'll just listen to me. I told you I knew where I was going. I had no idea. I mean, it was a miracle of God. God had mercy on an ignorant fool. Amen. But you know what? We get lost, and we don't want to get directions. And the hardest part about getting saved is not the saving part. It's the realizing that you're lost part. And if we can ever get to that point that, that we need Jesus, that what I've been doing in my life has not been working so far. You know, I've had people saying, well, I'm okay. I said, well, how's it working for you? Why are you in my office talking to me if it's going so great for you right now? Listen, if you are getting defeated, if you are living in defeat, it may be this. You just need to come to God and trust Him with your life. and Surrender to Him. Say, God, please save me. Forgive me and save me. That's all it takes. Church, say amen. So, we are in a fight. We are saved now. He's got, he's got some help with him now. And now, now we, but, but you know what? I, 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 don't even, I still don't like these odds. I still don't like these odds. The Bible says this. When, when the tempter came, 
He said, look, turn these stones into bread. Now watch what it says. Watch what it says. It says this in verse number 4. But he answered, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, but he answered and said, say it with me, it is written. All right? He had something else going for him. He not only had the spirit because of salvation, he went over there, went to quoting the word. Now, slide over just a little bit. Now, he's got the spirit working for him. Now he's got the scriptures working for him. It is written. It is written. What, what are we going to do to fight the wind first? We see the salvation I accept, then write this down. Number two, I want you to see the scriptures that I apply. We talked about this last week in detail. And by the way, those that left some comments in the, uh, in the box, I put those verses for you in the new one. So if you want those verses to help you in, the, in life issues that you have, I've got them on the back table back there. Listen, these scriptures that I apply, what does it do, eh? It gives you ammunition to respond. Say that with me. Because see, the devil is going to come at you with a lie. That's how he always works. He's going to come at you with a lie. And then when he gives you that lie, you turn to the scriptures and you find what the truth is. And the truth will refute his lie. Every time the devil gets you, it's going to be with a lie. He lied to Adam and Eve. He lied down through the ages. He's lied to you. He's lied to me. He's lied and said, listen, all you kids, your parents are ignorant. They don't know nothing. They just don't want you to have fun, and that's a lie from hell. No, those parents want to protect you and keep you safe. They want the happiest life for you. They want the greatest life for you. He'll tell you God just don't want you to have fun. No, sir, God wants you to have fun. He said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I've spoken these things unto you that my joy might be in you and your joy might be full. Son, God is a fun God, but he wants you to have it in a safe way. The devil wants you to ride that upside down roller coaster without a seat belt. God wants you to enjoy the roller coaster, but he wants you to keep safe. That's why he puts the restraints there. There are restraints when it comes to sex. Why? It's not that God don't want you to enjoy it. He wants every man and wife to enjoy that. But he puts restraints there to keep you from having a STD. Having, listen, having diseases that are rampant, having babies out of wedlock, having your lives destroyed and turned upside down and made in a hard way. That's why he puts those restraints. Because when life turns upside down, he don't want you falling out and dying. Does that make sense? And see, but the devil will come and try to get you to take a shortcut. He'll try to get you to take a shortcut to the will of God and say, oh, God just don't love you. Oh, just do it my, oh, you'll have so much fun. Wow, you're sitting in the emergency room waiting room, probably bruised and battered, while your friend, because you're out drinking and driving, is in a coma and may not even make it. But see, the devil didn't tell you all that. He just told you that you would be accepted if you drank this beer with your buddy. The devil won't show you that oxygen tent, that oxygen chamber, where because you have smoked cigarettes all your life, now you don't have any lungs to breathe, and you've got to sit in the oxygen, and you can't breathe. He won't show you that. He'll show you a picture of this beautiful woman in a magazine and say, you've come a long way, baby. 
that's what he'll do. He'll say, this bud's for you. It doesn't get any better than this. But he won't tell you and show you that car that's wrapped around that pine tree because somebody was drinking and driving. He won't tell you that innocent family member, and it's always the innocent ones that get killed. But he'll tell you a lie. So when he comes to you with that lie, you need to go to the Scriptures. Because his word is, what's that T word? True. What's the only thing that can defeat a lie? True. True. But you know what we do? Most people, most people, they want to take on the devil like this. And you wonder why you're getting your eyes beat out. When this is available, and this is available. Now, how many of y'all, which way do y'all want to fight the devil? But see, I got one more. I'm, I believe in fighting the winds. You said, this ain't fair. I ain't fighting fair. I'm fighting the winds. You're being a little extreme. Hello? I like me. Well, I don't think you ought to be this extreme. I don't think you ought to be that strict with your children. I don't believe. Well, Jesus said, if your eye offended thee. Now, I'm not sure about you, but that's extreme. Jesus was the first extreme one in, 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 in history. So don't tell me nothing about extreme. All right? I want to win. I want my children to win. I don't even want to flirt with losing. I want to stack the odds in my favor. All right, lastly. So what has he got working for him now? He's got the, the spirit through salvation. And then he's got the scriptures working on his behalf. This is what God does. That is what he does. The scriptures are something you're going to have to do. It's not going to come through osmosis. You've got to make an effort. If you'll look up that word, Brother Scott, study to show thyself approved, that word study, you'll look that word up. It means, and it takes a connotation, make an effort. You've got to make an effort. Are you all with me? Say amen. Lastly, and this is, this is very critical, especially to Christians. You all center up a little bit. You all come to the center. All right. All right. All right. Now, now, the Bible says it is written. So he's using the scriptures. Now let me go back to verse 2. I was wondering, I knew what God was telling me to do, but I couldn't figure out how I was going to get it out this chapter, but I got it. Verse number 2, and when he had fasted, where was he fasting? In the wilderness. Do you know where, where Adam and Eve was when they fell? Where were they at? In a beautiful garden. But where was Jesus at when he won? In a wilderness. What did he do? He separated himself. From some things. He separated himself from people. He separated himself from things. He withheld. Y'all with me? He withheld things from himself. In other words, he sacrificed some things that he said, I will not, I will not do that. All right, what, what point, what is the third thing we need to do to, to win every time? Every time we'll win every time. We need the, the, the spirit through salvation. We need the scriptures. We need the scriptures, but we're going to add one more. What was number one? What was number one? Say it back to me. All right, the salvation I accept, number two. 
the spirit that say it with me now again. What was the number two? The Then I want you to see this. Write number three down. Put it up there, Doc. Thank you. Right in front. Because you are a fence. This is the support that I arranged. The support that I arranged. You say, what are you talking about? Put your dukes up, boy. Watch this. The Bible says, the Bible says in Romans chapter number 13, verse 14, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So what am I going to do? What support am I going to arrange? I'm going to put a, write this down, I'm going to put fences up in my life. I'm going to put boundaries up in my life. I'm going to put something right in front of me. Listen, I'm going to have the Spirit with me. I'm going to have the Scriptures with me. And I'm going to put uh, boundaries and standards and, and convictions in my life here in front to make sure to defend myself. Here's the point. What are you saying? I'm not going to provide my flesh with an opportunity to mess up. Let me give you an illustration. If a young man, now watch me, I'm almost done. If a young man, if he makes a covenant and a commitment and says, I will never be alone with a woman who is not my wife. Do you know what he just did? He completely ruled out adultery. He completely ruled out uh, fornication. He completely ruled out all of these things that could take place if he had an opportunity to make that happen. Are y'all with me? Now listen, listen. Temptation is always going to be there. Temptation is always going to be there. Girls are still pretty. Boys will like girls till Jesus comes. It's going to happen. It's going to take place. Now, that's never going to change. The problem is, is when temptation hooks up with opportunity. Now, what are you saying? It's fine to think she's pretty, but don't get in the back seat with her in the parking lot somewhere all by yourself. Put a fence up. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make a commitment. For example, here's another one. Listen, which, which would be safer? Seeing there is a party going on, and they have alcohol. I'm not going to the party. Or, well, I'm going to go to the party, but I'm just not going to drink. Now, which is safer? Now, here, if you'll put up this fence and say, bless God, I am not going to this thing. But if you say, well, I'm going, I'm just not going to drink. Well, what you have done, you have just set yourself up for failure. You need a fence. Men, men, you need fences in your life. You need fences on your remote control. You need fences on your keyboard on the computer. You need fences. There are some places you just don't need to go. If you have a problem and a temptation with alcohol, you don't need to hang out at Ruby Tuesdays up there in Decatur. You say, but all oh, they have food. Yeah, but they have alcohol that's going to be sitting right in front of you and going to be tempting you in a crazy way. And by the way, the devil's not going to tempt you with something that don't bother you. I have never one time, I have never one time had anybody, I've never one time had anybody offer me a joint. Not never one time. Not any time in my life. That's never bothered me a bit. I can't even stand the smell of beer. Now, I know a lot of y'all feel a little differently. But I don't. It doesn't bother me. So, you know what? I, I, it, it ain't going to bother me. And Satan ain't ever tempted me with that. But I have issues. Say, what are they? None of your business. But I got them. 
And you know what? That's exactly what the devil brings in my life. He'll bring in my way. You can be flipping through the channels trying to find something decent to watch, and boom, that, oh, hello. Now, some of y'all, y'all need to get right and get, get, get your hello. Don't look at me like you're all that in a bag of chips. You have issues, too. And until you get real about that and realize, hey, I do have a weakness in this, I'm going to protect myself. I need, I, my wife, she's got, we, we, we blocked out a bunch of channels and stuff, and, 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 and she's got the code. She's got the, 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 the whatever code there to make that where you can watch it or where you can. I don't have that. I don't want that because I don't trust me. I don't try, and I know I'm probably being a little bit too honest. You may think I'm not a good preacher, but I'm going to tell you this. I might, I might not be a good preacher. I agree on that part, but I'm a human being. And I know what my weakness is, and i got to watch and protect my weakness and put a fence up so I can protect my weakness. Don't even get the opportunity. It's not, it, it, it don't tempt me a bit sitting right here. But you put me in a room by myself with a remote control with any channel in the world, I'm going to be tempted, and it's going to bother me. Now, you can look all sanctified and sanctimonious if you want to, but you, if you have an issue, you'll be the same way. It's easy to be right here. It's what you do when you're alone. That's where we need to put the fences up. Amen. Woohoo, Red, that's pretty good stuff. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless God. Amen. It's real. If we would just do this, we would win. We wouldn't have to keep coming back and saying, God, forgive me, God, forgive me, God, forgive me. I've done that before so many times where it was the same thing. And you know what? I got sick and tired of it. I want to I win. I want to walk in victory. I want to walk with the power of God on my life. We don't have to walk around in shame and defeat all the time. You can walk around in victory if you will fight to win. There's places you don't need to go. There's things you don't need to do. There's habits you need to, listen, you need to get, there, there's hobbies that you have that's causing you to be ignorant and to do things you shouldn't do. And then when you do them, you feel shameful and, 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 and you regret it. But what you've not done is put up fences to keep you from doing that. You say, but I shouldn't have to give up a hobby I've had my whole life. Yes, you should. If it's causing you defeat in your life, you need to do something drastic and put a fence up. Are y'all with me? Listen, what support am I going to arrange? What am I going to kick right in front of me? Fences that I establish. B, say this with me. Say this with me real loud, real quick. Say it again. Watch this right here. Watch this right here. Man, this is a great verse. Mercy, this is a great verse. If we could just believe this. Proverbs 13, 20. Proverbs 13, 20. Watch this. He that walketh, say it with me. He that walketh with wise men shall be. Isn't that a novel thought? But a. You know what? Let me see if I can translate this. We all say we can't understand this, but let's, let's see if we can translate it. If I want to be wise, I need to hang out with those that are. Is that what that means? So could we put this? If I want to be ignorant, just hang out with those that are. Oh, 
Well, we're going deep this morning, ain't we? Well, I tell you, that's just common sense. Then why ain't we doing it? Now, I'm, I can trace back in my life, and all the real, all the real dumb things I did, I never did it alone. Not saying that they always instigated it. Most of the time, half of the time, that was. Whether they instigated or not, I didn't have the courage to do it on my own. And sometimes you won't get near as ignorant as you've been getting if you don't have nobody else with you to get it that way. You need to hang out with people, young people, and I say this to young people, but us old people need to hear the same thing. If I hang out with a crowd of people that cuss every other breath they make for an extended period of time, bless God, I'm going to let one fly. Because you won't be able to help it. It'll just be there. That junk will rub off on you. Hello? This is common sense, people. Let's fight to win. I'm tired of losing. I want to hang out with somebody that wants to be victorious like me. I want to hang out with somebody that's wanting to serve God like me. I want to hang out with somebody that wants to fulfill the will of God in their life like me. If you want to change your life, you may have to change your friends. Well, I've had them friends my whole life. Well, when you get sick and tired of getting up off the floor with a bloody nose and two black eyes, you'll do something about it. When you realize them friends are leading you in the wrong way and causing you to do things you ought not to do and causing you not to have blessing in your life, matter of fact, causing you to have the judgment of God in your life, you'll decide to do something about it. You cannot choose your family, but you can choose your Y'all with me? So if we're going to fight, it's looking pretty good now, ain't it? Amen. Looking better. Looking better. We're going to fight. First, we need to get saved so we can have the Spirit of God to help us. Then we need to get in our Bible so we can learn the, the Scripture so we can know the truth, so we can have ammunition to retaliate. And not only that, the more of the Word of God we put in us, the more of the will of God will want to do. It'll not only give us ammunition to respond, but it'll give us armor to reinforce. That was B of number two. It will give us the want to to fight back. But then, most importantly, we see here, we want to put fences up. We want to put fences up that protects us. I'm not talking about a fence that you can step over neither. Don't block the channels on your TV and then remember the code. Hello? Y'all still with me? Oh, I'm blocking it. But if you know the code, what good is that? Because when that temptation comes, you're going to punch the code in. That fence needs to be tall enough. You can't get over it. Or it ain't a good fence at all. Amen. Now, Bubba, you ready now? Resist the devil. You know what he's going to do? Give the Lord praise and glory. Dear Heavenly Father, help us this morning. God, this has seemed so 